Hi, this is Pat Militich, and you're listening to the MMA MMA Maniacs, right? MMA Maniacs. It's all M- one word. MMA so Maniacs. The, yeah, yeah, that's the goof on it. Okay. Uh, Hi, this is Pat Militich, and you're listening to MM... Son of a bitch. <laughs> this is going to be better than the <laughs> Hi, this is Pat Militich, and you're listening to MM Maniacs uh, podcast, right? You're listening to the MM Maniacs. I can't believe I'm having trouble with it. We do freaking takes. It takes Jesus us one Christ. day. To I, open I feel like job. I'm going to fuck you up for the rest of the night. No, no, I'll be fine. <laughs> Hi, this is Pat Militich, and you're listening to the MM Maniacs podcast. Woo! That was terrible. All right, that worked. Yeah, Thanks, brother. Music. Appreciate Thank it, you, man. Listening to the MM Maniacs with Nick David and Matt Kona. Okay. All right. Hi, everyone. How are you? Hey, wow. UFC 199 is in the books. Oh, my God. The book is a fucking crazy history book. Dude, I am just. First of all, uh, hello and welcome to the MMA Maniacs podcast. I think it's the first time that I've uh, welcomed anyone that way because you I've, welcomed them like a because I feel smooth jazz welcoming. Yeah, I, I feel you're like Luke out Rockhold. of sorts. You're I like feel <laughs> I feel very out of sorts right now. That that UFC really fucked me up. So we're we're recording right now. We just got done watching UFC 199, and motherfucker. Wow! That you, that intro was you casually leaning on the cage like Luke Rockhold <laughs> after Michael right after. Bisping brutally knocked him out. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't... Leaning on the cage like I was a cigarette ad. It was very weird. Yeah, I, I wouldn't... It was I, very weird. I, I feel like he practices poses a lot. Well, it was I noticed, like a, I noticed, like a GQ mall. First of all, Nick David, Matt Kona. Yes, Nick David, Matt, Matt Kona, the Emma Maniacs podcast. Here we are. Hello, uh, YouTube. Hello, listeners on Fans FM, Pocket Casts, iTunes, and etc. Stitcher. Uh, We're putting this directly on YouTube, though, because I feel like the internet is buzzing. It's 1 a.m. East Coast time. It's probably 5 a.m. or something in in London, and yeah. and I guess it's regular time in California where it happened. So yes, they're, they're probably party. Whatever. Uh, uh, Three hour difference. Yeah. So what's that? Yeah. Ten. Yeah. 10, 10 p.m. 10. So it's 10 there. Oh, man. It's a different world we live in. There's it is a different world. Uh, listen, I, I've seen more fights than 99.999% of the population of the planet Earth. And this, Would you say uh, more than 199% <laughs> of the I've seen a lot of fights. I've seen a lot of UFC fights, and this ranks up there in my top favorite cards ever because I was so blown away. It was like watching... It was like... You know when you watch a movie... You know... All right. I'm going to give you the perfect example. Opening analogy. I'm going to give you the perfect example. Click it off. When you watched Fight Club for the first time... Yeah. I remember exactly where it was. I was in a second-run movie theater in Danvers, Massachusetts. Had you read the book, though? No, I hadn't read the book. Okay. So you had no idea what the fuck was happening? No. Did you figure it out at all? No. Yeah, I, so, I didn't figure it out, but I will say that just as, as a side note, if you're talking about like a, a whole a holy shit moment, 
I had a secondary one that had to do with that movie because earlier that day, I was driving around in my truck, the first vehicle I ever owned, listening to Surfa Rosa by the Pixies, and the song Where Is My Mind came on, and when that song played on the end credits as the world blew up at the end of Fight yes. Club, spoiler alert if you haven't seen 1996's <laughs> Fight Club, my mind was even more blown. <laughs> so keep I guess continue. so, right. So... uh when they make the big reveal and you go, oh, my fucking God, he's him. And holy shit. That's what that that's what this UFC card just did to my brain. Because first of all, uh, Dan Henderson, I've been watching him fight for 20 something years and he's one of the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. And but he's coming to the end. You know, he's I thought he's, he was coming to the end when Vitor he, Belfort knocked him out. Yep. He's he's getting ready to wrap it up, regardless of this win. I think his family was there because he was prepared. If he lost, I'm sure he was prepared to say he was hanging it up. And that's why his whole family was there to watch the fights. And I think that the win was so definitive and gnarly that he's full of piss and vinegar and adrenaline, and he doesn't know what to say now. But that fight was crazy because... This is Lombard, Lombard. Lombard had him in the first round and he let him off the hook. And he, he, he must have ran out of gas. I he couldn't, he, yeah. he couldn't pull the, he couldn't pull the trigger, but he took him down and then he just laid on him for a while and he let, he let him get to the second round. That was his, that was his downfall. He needed to attack while Henderson was on Queer Street and he didn't. And he just, he let it, he let him slip through to the second round and, and as we all saw, that was his, ultimate demise because okay i feel like we're burying the lead here we're jesus like, christ <laughs> listen there's there's so much to talk about in this fucking fight card and the two Obvious- biggest things are middleweight related yeah, yeah. so yeah, so yeah. obviously the big big thing is that michael bisbang knocked the fuck out of luke rockhold and sent him into another dimension and took the took the title and listen I'm not uh, on 17 days notice Jesus three Christ. and a half minutes into round one and it's exactly what you were saying upstairs earlier it might have been someone else saying it but I think it was you I'll take credit for it you can take credit for it but it was a very true statement it was a guy who has nothing oh, to yeah. fucking lose yeah, in Bisbing against Rockhold the guy who has everything to lose Coupled first, with first coupled, time headlining a, a pay per view main event, he's done Fox before, but coupled with the fact that Rockhold came in way overconfident and super cocky and looked like he was ready to take a fucking nap in that round. He looked, I kept expecting him to yawn. He looked so disinterested in the fight. He was like, playing with his mouthpiece for the first. 20 seconds of the fight. It's like, yeah, I, I could be here. I could be reading a magazine in a pool. Uh, you know, I could be having a margarita, whatever. Uh, I'll throw a punch at you. I will throw a kick at you. And then I'll get knocked the fuck out because I fucking took you for granted. Savagely. And that's, and that's exactly what happened. He took him for granted and he got knocked the fuck out and good on Bisbing. I'm happy for him. I'm not, I, I, I've never been a Bisbing fan. You went on record calling him a limey twat <laughs> on the podcast. I'm not, the- <laughs> I, listen, I'm not a huge fan of his. I don't hate him. I don't hate the man. Yeah. I don't hate get wrapped up in, a, in the fight game and, and right, watching it. Occur. Exactly. I get wrapped up in it, but 
fucking good on him, man. I'm so happy for him because that's the fucking that's the pinnacle. That's the crown. You can fucking if you if he retires tomorrow, no one's going to fault him. He's not going to. Oh, no. But he's not going to. But no one would fault him. That's it. I've reached it. I got the fucking belt. I done. I won the Ultimate Fighter. I fought for yeah, a fucking decade. I got. I was never cut. He was never cut from the UFC. He fought for a decade in the fucking UFC. And he fought the monsters. Most, the most punches landed. The is it uh, is it also the most? Uh, uh, He's the, tied now for the t- most wins in UFC history with George Saint Pierre. Right. So those are fucking huge things. And now. The the icing on the oh he Got beat the, the goat title. he beat the fucking greatest of all time he beat Anderson Silva and and then he fucking gets the title the next fight fuck it God love him God love him he good for him I'm really right, happy for came him came off of a movie set he's filming the Triple X movie up in Canada gets the call once Weidman pulls out and nobody gave him a chance nobody I dude. I People him, thought it was good enough that he had a title shot. They were happy I thought, for him. That's that's a, that's how that's where I was. Yeah. I was like, good for him. He finally gets his title shot. He's gonna get f- his fucking ass creamed, and then he's probably gonna retire. And fine, it's time. You know, take a desk job, and because that's how I felt about it. I thought he had like a, a half of a percent chance to win this fight. And fuck me, man. He took that fucking, he took that 0.5% and made everything, he made everything work. He, he kept talking about it in all the press conferences and all the embeddeds leading up to it, that it was his destiny. He fucking fulfilled his destiny. That Dude, he was so, thing. he was so, I, I watched all the embeddeds and he was so lax in the embeddeds. He didn't seem like he was getting ready to fight for the title. He did not, he seemed completely carefree. He didn't seem burdened at all. He was joking, laughing, having fun, didn't give a shit. He, this is what I was telling you earlier. He, his younger son, uh, I don't know the names of, uh, I know he has at least two sons. It might be another one, but he has at least two. And the younger of the two of them, in this one episode of Embedded, he asked that son three different times who was going to win the fight. And all three times his son said Rockhold. And it was all done joking and tongue in cheek, but the kid looked like he was very serious. He didn't look like he was. Kids are honest. Right. He was just being honest. So I was like, look, this fucking his, even his kid doesn't think he's going to win this fucking no. fight. And the guy's probably a superhero to his kid, you know? Yeah, absolutely. He certainly is now. Oh my God. He certainly is now. His absolutely. kid must think he's the fucking, you know most incredible thing that ever happened to planet earth you know he's now fucking we superhero. know he's the he's the number one he's at the top of the mountain and here's a crazy thing so when i was in ufc uh when i was in las vegas for ufc 194 they had mm. a fight pass summit where they took subscribers of fight pass and who were going to be in vegas they could email and they would watch video clips and give um feedback on it and part of the uh, fun of it was Michael Bisping was part of it because that was right before um, they announced the, his main event uh, uh, with Anderson Silva. Okay. And so when you when they did that, it was fight pass is a thing where they'll give the fighter a month of uh, features. Like he picks, they feature all his old fights and stuff, and they did a Q and A. And I'm a fan of Michael Bisping because I 
as you know, I, I'm a fan of talkers and clever yes. shit talkers. And, and Michael Bisping is that. And he's always been a bit of an asshole. And I and, don't know and, that he's that clever. Oh, come on. You have to watch the, the, you can't watch the press conference and tell me he didn't clown, uh, Luke Rockhold verbally. Well, see, I only saw. I watched the entire hour uh, today. So right. just keep in mind, he's he's witty. Okay, he's not clever in as a on the same level. He's as, not like a McGregor who's right. fucking super clever. He's not clever like that. He's not. He's a funny guy. If you, you see him. He, a, sometimes he is, and sometimes sometimes okay. the things that he says sound desperate and reaching. Okay, let's not mix but, words. Okay, all right, all right. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So uh, I asked him. I said, "Listen, uh, you're well spoken." You, you've probably got tons of stories coming up. Ten years of fighting through tough. Let me uh, let me just stop you for a second. Did you get a recording of this by any chance? I did not. Damn it. I know. Okay, go ahead. I, I didn't bring. God I damn it! Know. I was. Well, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't wish I could splice that into the fucking podcast right at this moment, and then there's a recording of you asking him this question. Oh, but well, go ahead. At the time, we didn't have the podcast. Remember that was back. When no, I know, but <laughs> I could splice it in now if you had a recording of it. True. If but, you had been there with a recorder, like most fucking comics, but have a recorder. I was going okay. to the 194 that night. I didn't want my recorder confiscated on oh, the way yeah. to the MGM. Yeah, that's probably so. Uh, <laughs> that is why. So you asked him. You, you were I, you're I well asked spoken. him when he hangs up the gloves. Uh, will he do what a lot of uh, pro wrestlers end up doing, going on spoken word tours and telling stories? Not quite doing stand up, but telling stories of their life on the road. And, and he told me, he said, no, he, he goes, he goes, I'm not thinking about that right now. I still have big aspirations. I still have title aspirations. I still want to be the champion. And at the time I thought, uh, he's kind of far from that because he had just pulled out with an injury from, uh, he was supposed to fight, uh, Robert Whitaker at UFC 193 in Australia, mm. which ended up making history when Holly Holm knocked Ronda Rousey out. Right. And he pulled out. Tough, tough smashes. Yeah. Tough smashes. Tough smashes winner. winner yeah. And, and hey, that's a possible fight that you could make too. If if Jacare or uh, Weidman doesn't work, I almost think maybe put Jacare against Weidman at UFC at Madison Square. Garden. No, listen, listen. This is the fight, dude. It's Jacare Rockhold because they have history. That's okay. the title eliminator right there. Weidman gets the next crack. Because he was supposed to have it here, and he had to pull out. So Weidman gets the next crack, and it's Jacare Rockhold for a title eliminator. Whoever wins that gets the next crack. But I'm, let me stop you there and say that's that, that's what that's how I think okay, about it. But that, I'm just saying that's not the necessarily the way things always go. Right. I mean, Cain Velasquez was supposed to rematch Fabricio Verdum. He got injured, and he didn't get rescheduled to fight again. Now he's fighting Travis Brown. That's true. So I'm saying that uh, you know possibly. Uh, Okay. That, that's one thing to just to keep in mind. But at the time, it just seemed like he was so far from a title aspiration. In my head, as a fan of Michael Bisping, I almost thought, okay, this guy's kind of bullshit. A little but delusional. Gotta, a little delusional. Gotta, but you got to talk always... yourself up. But he's but he had that confidence. Yeah. And fuck. and and today it was realized in in, yeah. in spectacular fashion. Three and a half minutes into the first round, and on an incredible card that was already hard to top. I mean, what great. a fucking card, man! And, God damn it! And, and people, I've already seen a little bit of Twitter chatter. They were disappointed in the 
Uriah Faber Dominic Cruz match. I yeah. wasn't. I mean, I uh, wanted a uh, little bit more action, and I thought that the the first and second rounds were the best. But it was just Cruz doing what he does, which is being weird with his movements in elusive, in mind blowing new ways that fight fans aren't used to seeing, and just dominating him, frustrating Uriah Faber, stopping him from doing anything. He didn't try to. He didn't attempt one takedown in that fight. That was real weird, man. He just real threw weird. punches. He threw one kick. You Cruz caught it. Yeah, you can't. His, you can't. Out, you can't outbox that dude. I don't. That's what. That's the part I don't understand. It's his fucking Faber is, so is a divi- unusual. He's a, he's a fucking di- Faber's a world class wrestler. I don't understand it, man. It didn't make any sense to me. You can't outbox that guy, and you're not getting him with kicks. So Cruz so is what a the good fuck wrestler are you doing? Too. No, Cruz is a great wrestler, and the last fight, Cruz out-wrestled him, like, in this fight, too, he out-wrestled him. Both, both fights, he out-wrestled Faber. Faber had a couple of, uh, he had a couple of, there were a couple of times on the ground where he had some options, and he didn't capitalize on him. And he was, he was getting out-positioned by, by Cruz on the ground. I mean, he got up every time, Faber got up every time, Cruz couldn't hold him on the ground, but when they were in scrambles, Cruz always got the better of the scramble, mm-hmm. and he every was, single he was time. was meeting him with kicks on the way mm-hmm. up as well. The one thing about that fight that I'll say is that it's the first time that I've ever seen, a re- other than the other than when he lost to Faber, obviously, it's the first time I've ever seen a real chink in uh, in Cruz's armor but it was fleeting and it was the first round yeah, it and early. it was halfway through that first round maybe with the last two minutes left Cruz was breathing out of his mouth and he looked defeated to me he was cut he under looked, the eye he had a cut he was bleeding a little bit he was breathing out of his mouth and he looked like all of a sudden things were getting sloppy and I was like that's not the dude that's not the dude he was throwing things sloppy and haphazardly mm-hmm. and I was like wow and then and then he got that minute of rest and forget it from the second round on. He fucking had it in the bag. It was all cruise all the way. But for that moment, he, it looked like his brain got defeated. And think- I've never seen that in Cruz ever. He's always had just the best, most confident dude ever. And. Uh, uh, so that's the only that's the one thing about that I that the takeaway that I got from that fight. Yeah. I liked the fight. I thought it was a great fight. I wanted to see more from Faber. I did too. I'm just saying that um, in, in terms of how it would how it compares to the rest of the rest of the card, in terms of the average fan, I think uh, they seemed disappointed in it. I thought it was a great fight as well, and I agree with you. One point I want to add to that is after that first round where Faber was able to hit him flush, which Cruz was almost certainly not expecting, I think there was an adrenaline dump on Faber's part between Mm. rounds because he was so pumped up. California, California kid, walking out to California love. He was fucking pumped in that first round. Faber was fucking confident. He had a little bit of success. He looked really Only one judge gave him that round. I know, that was weird to me, but because I thought that that was the one round he won. Yeah. Pretty pretty handily. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Three, I would have to, I'd have to go watch it again. I'd have to go watch it again because it's really tough when you're watching it, especially, I don't know about you, but when I get in a group of people that I like, uh, for some reason, I get way more animated and my juices flow. I get more adrenaline. I get more excited about the fights oh, and I yell a lot yeah. more. You know, if I'm watching the fucking fights at a Buffalo Wild Wings, I'm just being more analytical and 
quiet and there's and judging there's, the douchebags yeah there's around 10 you. million meatheads <laughs> around you being assholes and all wearing tap out shirts and you know a bunch of knucklehead whatever's so right. yeah yeah so uh and if i'm watching it by myself obviously i'm i'm pretty quiet and it's I, more analytical you're, you're right I, and I'm, you're able to listen you're observing the commentary and it's not a conscientious thing either. It's just like oh, when I get cool. in a group of people, I feel like we're all there's you know there's some kind of shared energy between the people. Yeah, I think you know, it was a great without being crowd. too fucking cosmic no, and you know whatever. Well, I think there's some kind of shared energy between the people, and I felt like you know I was fucking jumping up and down this whole fucking fight. God damn it! Oh, this man. whole fucking was, fight from Andrade. God damn it! She looked fucking amazing. Yeah, she beat the shit out of Jessica Penne. Oh my god! And and Standing Dustin Poirier, KO. motherfucker! God damn it! What a fucking card this was, I dude! I can't. I'm so excited right now for this card. I can't. Anybody that complains about this card is not a fight fan. <laughs> if there's somebody that's complaining about this card, shut the fuck up. No, don't no, watch absolutely. MMA anymore. Don't watch MMA. You're done. Go watch the fucking bowling channel. Go watch tennis. Go watch badminton. Go take up knitting. But mixed martial arts is not your thing. If you don't get every fucking thing you need out of watching mixed martial arts from watching this card, you're not a fucking fan. Get out of here. I don't want you listening to this podcast. <laughs> Fuck off. What are you doing listening to this podcast anyway? <laughs> All right. No, I don't but mean I, that. honestly, though, I don't mean that. Ta- listen, take up knitting and still listen to the podcast. Yeah, you can put the podcast right. on. Well. You don't even have to watch mixed martial arts anymore. Just listen to the podcast. Yeah. We can. We'll give you all the uh, information that you need to know about current mixed martial arts events. And you don't have to ever watch mixed martial arts again. You just have to listen to uh, the lovely voices of Nick David and Matt Kona. Yeah, and it's fine to just press mute on the bowling channel and listen to MMA. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that this card is also, I bet it does very good pay-per-view numbers. When these fights were first announced a while ago, I believe that everyone thought that UFC 199 was going to be looked over on the road to 200. Absolutely. And I, it could potentially, I mean, it comes down to fight night. It could blow UFC 200 out of the water. Right. Those the, are good because it's all on paper and, and, and the fights happen in the octagon. So you see, you see how things play out, but this I is mean, a hard act paper, to follow. On paper. This looked like a nothing card compared to that. And uh, you were, and things did change you were, because most people weren't really into the Chris Weidman, Luke Rockle rematch. Well, I know you the, said, I know you said it. I know you said it before. We had this discussion on the podcast before, but I was into it yeah. because I think Weidman is the best middleweight. I think he can come back and get that title. Um, having said but, that, but he was so, dispatched brutally. He was. He was, but people have been dispatched before True. to come back and had long, storied careers after being dispatched. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it was the first time Weidman had been dispatched. Yeah. So. Uh, Good point. But I was just saying. Anyway, sorry, I didn't interrupt you. No, it's all right. Okay. So, because I just wanted to remind people, we had had this discussion. You were one of those flashback, people. Flashback. Yeah, right. So, it seemed like a bump on the road because, and, and. People probably did, and Faber and Cruz both did an excellent job talking this fight up. I mean, they already have a built-in rivalry. They were supposed to have had a rematch um, after the most recent UFC title fight, but at the end of the tough season that they both coached, Cruz had to pull out with an right. injury. So uh, there, there is heat behind it, but it was almost a little bit 
weird. Not weird. It was expected when Faber was in Boston for the Dillashaw cruise fight and he said, let's do it, Dom. But there wasn't that much interest in it then. And, Mm. and so as the main and the co-main event, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't very interested in the fight until... I think D, it would have been more interesting if there was an immediate rematch with Dillashaw Cruz, because that was a classic at the, the one we were both there for yeah. at TD Garden. That was um, a hell of a fight. But the, the, the undercard on this, yeah, it, it, it didn't blow anyone's skirt up. There was some last minute changes. Henderson was added to it because the Leoto Mashida fight fell apart when he failed the USADA thing for uh, supplements right. that w- or a, for a substance that was uh, banned. And and he even mentioned possibly retiring then. He, there was whispers of it. And, and let's get back to what we were saying before, because that was probably the, the fight of the night. Unless, yeah, I don't think you give Cruz Faber fight of the night because no, it was very I, resounding. But the, well, we're gonna find out shortly. But I, but I, st- I think that it's gonna be uh, Max Holloway, um, Ricardo, Ricardo Lamas. Lamas. I that think that's, I think that's the fight of the night. And I think it's just for the I think it's down just, to the ground. I think it's just for the last ten seconds. If nothing else, and the whole fight was great, but it was. But it, that last ten seconds of that fight was fucking rock'em sock'em robots to the. Exponential. Yeah, I mean, it was Absolutely. it was fucking crazy how he and Lamas he just said, is a formidable opponent. And Max Holloway has a lot of tools. And here you can't take him down. The only fighter that's ever taken Max Holloway down, Conor McGregor on one knee. Sorry, I had to bring him up. But <laughs> but but the featherweight well, division is stacked. He's a killer. He's now on a seven fight win streak. Lamas just dispatched Diego Sanchez. And the, and not only the other thing about that fight is. I think most guys in that division that received that amount of punishment from Max Holloway would have fucking wilted and knocked out. And Lamas took some fucking serious punishment, and he never looked phased. There were a couple times where he got a little he got a little wobbly, but immediately came back from it. He never looked like he was out of the fight ever. No, there were a couple times where I was like, "Fuck, this is it." That's not it. It was that fast. Like it was like tough. It was like, "Oh shit!" You can look at his eyes and you can see, "Fuck, this guy is still in it." You know, you can look at, you can look at guys and see when they're out of the fight. When they've been hit one too many times and they're fucking glassy eyed. That's what I saw of Dan Anderson. That's why Herb Dean checked with the doctor at the beginning of round two. It could have stopped then. It could have stopped in the first round. I was yelling, I don't know if you remember, because there was a lot of yelling <laughs> there was going a lot on. Of yell. We had six but people I, here, it was a good crowd. But I was yelling at the screen for the ref to stop. I'm like, what the fuck is going on, ref? His, he is a far away look is, at his eye, Dan he, Henderson did. He's fucking out on his feet, man. Why are you letting him take punishment like that? And it's, man. Especially a 45 year old man who has been taking punishment more than half of his life now. Yeah. Good on, good on the ref because fucking he is the professional. Herb Dean, yeah. Herb Dean's the professional and I'm just the dude sitting and watching the fucking fights. So good on him for having enough wherewithal to allow Henderson to come back in that second round. But good on him also for, you know, just checking on his well-being and having the doctor begin the round before they began round two to check on him to make sure he was all there and he had that much left in the gas tank and as we mentioned before i think lombard tired i mean this is his return to middleweight he had moved up he had just been brutally dispatched back in march in australia in a in a 
a, another fight that probably should have ended earlier. Mm. He should have ended in the second round the way that perhaps Henderson could have ended in the first round, but he continued, and I just didn't think he had that much left. And it goes back to, even though Lombard is an undersized, smaller middleweight, and he's fought in that division before, it's just the body has undersized? to get Undersized? Re- well, in terms of stature, in terms of uh height. For, oh, okay. for a weight. Because that motherfucker is jacked. Oh, yeah. No, his legs, they're tree, Jesus Christ. They're tree trunks. But, I mean, he had to gain 15 pounds in, uh, to, leaving welterweight right. to get back uh, to, to middleweight. So, undersized only in height. And, right. And, well, big and, Hen- dude. And, and Henderson has fought at light heavyweight yeah. for quite a long time. Yeah, and the I think- only person to have two titles in different divisions in pride. That's right. And so, yeah, absolutely, possibly fight of the night. It's gonna be a coin toss. Should we bet five dollars? No, I, uh, I think that because that ended in the second round. I wonder correct? if I can, uh, yeah, yeah, it did end in the round. second round. Second round because uh, that was that was Lombard's downfall. He should have he 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 let he gave him he let him out of the first round, right? Because, but because, I think he was gassing maybe because his body wasn't used to that extra 15 pounds of muscle on him because it's been a while since he fought that way well he's all fucking muscle that guy's yeah. all muscle <laughs> yeah there's little there it, there's a lot less skin and bones on that dude and a whole lot of muscle mass so that's a lot of fucking fuel that to required a lot to of feed oxygen yeah yep. that's a lot of oxygen you need to feed that beast so yeah but no you're probably right though max holloway ricardo lamas put on a show went to a decision i'll uh, see if I, i'll try and look it up while we're talking yeah here. you can check <laughs> it out on, on, we... on the on the um maybe ufc.com has the post fight bonus they're probably in the I'll middle go to of sure the, dog of because ufc's conference. website sucks okay well uh all right so here are my other random thoughts of the night obviously there's a lot of things to talk about in terms of the fights that happened uh, uh, but there's also a bit of news. There's a lot of that news. Broke me, the internet. Let me well. start with a piece of news that you're not thinking of. Uh, that sure. you're not. That you're not. That you're not going to include Go in your in the news segment here. But one of the things that I'm very happy to see is that Don Fry's being inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. He was one of my early heroes. I actually sent him an email at one point. He they started. He started getting a little, it started getting a little WWF-ish, and, cause this is when it was still the WWF. This is, you know, yeah, whatever. Pre-Wildlife Federation. 18 years ago or something like that. And he was trying, he was this starting. This is the bare knuckled UFC era still? Yeah, yeah. It, it might have been, it might have been gloved, but it's, you know, it was in Well, the, they showed some footage of him with gloves on fighting a bare knuckled guy. I don't know which fight it was, but. Yeah, I mean, when he first got in, he was, it was all bare knuckles, but I don't know at what point, I can't remember the exact time, but at some point he started playing this kind of villainous dude. And I sent it, I, somehow I found his email, and I sent him an email, and okay, I was like... Do you remember what it was? Is it Don Fry 1620 you, you know what? I, here's what I'll do, because I've had the same email address for like 20-something yeah, years, look it up. which okay, is MrNickNH at Hotmail.com, so if you want to send me an email, go ahead. Um, and uh, I, sent, I sent him an email, and I was like, man, I, I'm such a huge fan of yours, and it really bums me out that you're doing this whole villain thing. It's just such a, it's so 
unappealing to me and I really want to remain a fan of yours and I don't know if that's exactly how I said it but it was that was kind of the sentiment that I that I gave to him and he sent me he actually got an email back from him and he's and uh you know it was just short it was maybe like a couple sentences and it just said something like I'm I'm sorry uh, to have disappointed you I'll do my best to uh, you know whatever i don't remember exactly what it was but i did get an email back from him and that was it was a huge moment for me because he was like a fucking superhero to me um he was one of the first guys uh along with um uh dan severin uh who was uh, really came in yeah really came in as a wrestler first um, and he was a great boxer and he was a great judoka. Um, and he had all those, all those skills together. And he, he ran the roost for a while in the UFC until he ran into Mark Coleman. Um, and then Mark Coleman, uh, so it's probably, you know, it's probably still pre gloves because these were tournaments. And Don Fry was winning, you know, he's fighting three or four fights a night and winning all of them. And he did that for a couple. UFCs and then he ran into Mark Coleman, which was the final, I think it was the final fight. I think they put him at opposite sides of the, um, smartly put them on opposite sides of the, of the bracket, of the bracket. And then they met because I think they were the two best guys on there. And, and then, uh, but Coleman was a fucking steroid monster back then. I mean, he was just, you know, his wild, ears, wild west. He had yeah. ears in his nostrils. He had, he had, I mean, he had muscles in his nostrils. He had muscles in his ears. He had, you know, muscles, muscles in between, muscles. muscles in between eyelashes. Uh-huh. That guy was just, it was the first guy that ever, you've ever seen that came to the UFC that you're like, that guy's definitely on steroids. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyways. kudos to him. Anyway, so uh, that's, I just wanted to address that. But I'm that's very big. happy. And the longtime fight fans appreciate that. So I feel like that's a lot, uh, for, in terms of the history of the UFC leading up to, to that, it's great that he's in the UFC Hall of Fame. What do you think about the UFC yeah. Hall of Fame happening the day after UFC 200, though? Do you think that's a little anticlimactic? Uh, that's weird. It's weird because I feel like, I feel like at one, I, th- I I have to remember back, but I feel like it was, was it at 100 that they, when they inducted Hoist Gracie and Ken Shamrock? I'm not the, sure, but it's always been the day before because it's a, it's an, it's happening. No, I feel like it was at the event. Like they brought them into the okay. octagon and it? said, I mean, maybe there was some other ceremony, but they brought them into the octagon and said, here's so and so and so and so. Here's Horse Victory. Here's Ken Shamrock. We're inducting them into the UFC Hall of Fame. Uh, I feel like it was an added event. So I do, I, I do agree that it's a little strange that it's the day after. Yeah. Um, you know what we should do? Maybe as we get closer to UFC 200, we should sit down together and rewatch UFC 100. Mm. Because that would be kind of a, cause the UFC, you know, and granted it hasn't been exactly 100 events since then. There's been multiple, you know, Foxes, fight cards, FS1 cards, uh, Fuel TV, right, et cetera. Right. But, ultimate, ultimate fighter finales. Yeah. Uh, you know, smashes finales, uh, ultimate fighter, uh, Latin China, America. ultimate fighter Latin America, ultimate fighter Brazil. But the, the, the landmark yeah. of the, the pay-per-view, uh, number system, even though they all have all been numbered pay-per-views, like some of the numbered events have been on free TV, but it's kind of interesting. And which leads me, of course, to the other 
big bomb that was dropped by the UFC. The and return was, of the man who headlines and won UFC 100, Brock Lesnar. And it's uh, it's a piece of news that you somehow got a little bit of pre-knowledge. Ariel right? Helwani, proper credit to one of the returning MMA journalist of the year, tweeted it out from MMAfighting.com that they were still trying to work out the details. Dana White, just the day before this, denied it on video to Brett Akimoto's face from ESPN saying it, it was just a rumor. He enjoyed Brock's time here. It wasn't going to happen. Straight-faced. And, and it's not news that Dana White lied to journalists or anything. Right. <laughs> He's a promoter. He has to. He's not going to give a free story on a post-press conference follow-up interview that's on the buried on ESPN.com. Right. They're, make, they're making the announcement in the right. forum. And they did it in the most impressive way possible. They it was sh- really cool. It was really cool. They did the whole commercial for UFC 200 and they showed there was, they, you could tell they spent a lot of money doing this promo commercial and they showed there was a lot of uh, you know, backstage taping hands, John Jones, uh, you know, mostly concentrated on the Jones Cormier main events. Yeah, well, it went it went deeper into the card. It went deeper into the card, and it went into uh, it went into Tate, um, uh, who's Nunez. Who, yeah, Nunez. They showed Nunez like in Brazil. Uh, you know, apparently look it looked like it was it was in Brazil. And um, is she Brazilian? Yeah, she's Brazilian. Yeah, okay, well, but I, you know who didn't show at all. <laughs> The other championship bout on the card, besides those two, didn't show one mention of Jose Aldo or... No, it did. Yes, did? it did. Of course it did. It oh. showed Frankie Edgar and Jose Aldo both in that commercial. It did. Oh, I missed it. I thought it was so, mostly focused on the, the main event. No, so so they did a lot of back and forth. There were a lot of, like, you could tell they were stage scenes where it looked like they were backstage getting ready for a fight, but it's like... This it, is the commercial that Conor McGregor refused to fly to Iceland to film otherwise. Right. Yeah. So all this whole commercial happens, and it's just the very end of the commercial, and the kind of the screen is getting ready to go blank, and then all of a sudden they just do a flash of Brock Lesnar throwing a punch at the camera, yeah. and then the screen goes black. It said something, too. What did it say? It said, like, I don't know. We'll look it up. It's probably all gone viral by now. Oh, of course. But we're still digesting it. We're not, yeah. We haven't sat down. We haven't watched any of the press conference. You didn't find the, the fight post post fight bonus stuff yet right um, so that's one piece of big news the other piece of big news which finally it, which is again it's not okay all right, all right we know we know your feelings on it but it's I, now big can you can you at least admit oh i your always feelings have changed though it's now a huge fight this is going to be tremendous business and of course we mean the only, rematch of nate diaz and conor mcgregor it's only a manufactured big news it's only big news because who's, who's made manufacturing it it's Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz manufacturing it. Yeah, it, but it's not. It's not. People want to see it. It's not manufactured because otherwise, I don't get it. I don't get the fight. I, I'm. Ha- I, I, I'm going to watch. Do you it. not of get I'm why get people are more excited about it now than they were when it was first announced? I don't. I don't really. I How don't. do you not get that Conor McGregor refusing to fly into 
to do the commercials for UFC 200, starting this controversy, starting with the retirement thing, having the press conference with an empty chair there, having Nate Diaz say, I'm not interested in fighting, period, and I'm certainly not interested in taking a replacement fight at UFC 200. I want to fight Conor McGregor. I want the money fight. That made more people want it from... Several tweets and a Facebook rant and the beginning of a press conference that was filled with stars. UFC 200 is a stacked card and all these big superstars are on stage. And the one thing that you couldn't see was the shadow of not only Conor McGregor, but Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz because you can't have one without the other. McGregor is undeniably a big star. Diaz has been doing it for a long time in the UFC. He's never headlined a pay-per-view before then. Famously, Dana White came out and said that he doesn't move needles. Right. Nate Diaz is not a needle mover. Well, he's proved that it is now. The I'm most t- there was a scene. There did was you a watch? Well, did you watch the the, the MMA? Our uh, special Wednesday edition where it was just an interview with Ariel Hawani. I did. Okay. I did. Oh, yeah, we talked about that. We listened yeah, yeah. to it. I listened so you didn't to see it. him walking I around. I didn't see him walking around. But well, I, I, also, I, I also listened to it. I watched some of it, but I was mostly stretching and listening to it. But that was the most downloaded podcast in MMA Hour history, which is crazy. He was the only guest. Right. And it but came here's, out, out here's, of nowhere. Here's, here's what I'm going to say to you, and I think that this is a truth statement I'm going to make. Without Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz is never going to be as big as he is right now. So even if he beats McGregor and then his next fight is whatever, he fights Dos Anjos for the fucking title. That fight's never going to be as big as the fight against McGregor. People aren't people aren't tuning in to see Nate Diaz. They're oh, tuning no. in to see McGregor, and and they're tuning in to see that specific fight because Nate Diaz beat him once. It's a fight I don't get. I don't understand it. I don't. But, I don't. I. But it people, doesn't. It's not that interesting to me. I I I I like McGregor a lot, and I want to see him fight in the best possible way he can fight, and that's just not it. He's fighting two weight classes out of his natural weight class, and he's fighting a much more experienced guy than he is. I would say he's fighting one out of his natural weight class because it's a nasty cut. It's been sold by his coaches and closest confidants and training partners, Gunnar Nelson, John Kavanaugh. Yeah, okay. Featherweight is tough for him. Fine. But let me just say this. Fine, but he let makes, me just he makes featherweight. You're very much on the record about why you don't find this interesting. I'm just saying to you that it's interesting to many more people now after the first fight. And Nate Diaz right. as a fight hang on. Nate Diaz as a fighter is more interesting to Conor McGregor fans. Even though he was the adversary there, people knew it was gonna be a scrap. People mm. knew it was gonna be a good fight. And I look I had only seen Nate Diaz fight a handful of times. People know this. I've only been following MMA very closely for the last Two years, maybe even slightly under two years now. And, and Nate Diaz has fought very little in that time, whether it's because the UFC wasn't booking him and they removed him from the rankings because he wasn't playing the games. The Diaz brothers have famously not wanted to do bullshit press conferences. His older brother Nick got pulled from things. Right. Well, I've he been watching the reporters. True. I've been watching him since he was just Nick Diaz's younger brother, and he was on The Ultimate Fighter, and I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't know Nick Diaz had a younger brother. And he won The Ultimate Fighter because of an injury, and people care about him, and 
people who are fans of McGregor are now fans of Diaz. And at first, yeah, it didn't make sense to them that they wanted the fight. What did make sense was that Conor McGregor had the pull to have the fight made. Then Conor McGregor shot himself in the foot by not wanting to come and promote it. And then there was chatter that Dana White said that the next time that McGregor was going to fight was going to be to unify the featherweight championship with the winner of Aldo and, uh, excuse me, Frankie Edgar for, uh, the interim title at 200. Well, this, let me just stop you for a second. This, if for no other reason, this is what bothers me the most about the fight. He's fighting twice without defending his title. Because fucking, titles are fairy it's, tales. It's fucking Nate unheard Diaz of. says that titles are fairy tales, and they fucking are. Titles are fairy tales now. Yeah, it's good, but it's not what people care about. All the belts look the same. They look the same. They, yeah, it means you have bigger money. You have more pull. You can refuse your fights, but it's a fairy tale. It's not the reason that the people want to see jewelry. People want to see the best fighters fighting. They want to see back and forth the shit talk i people was want, it people want to see dominant champions people want to see someone get the strap and they want to see somebody who can fucking just mow people down for a long period of time like, like jose, jose aldo like jose, aldo. jose aldo who was a draw people loved jose aldo for 10 years probably the worst drawing champion in ufc history people love that Conor McGregor. I did. You did. You I are, did. You person. Look at the numbers. Look at you. Want to talk about sure, dog? Okay. We'll do a little right. research project. How about George Saint Pierre? How about George Saint Pierre? Probably the until McGregor. He wasn't. He the wasn't biggest he draw in UFC history. Listen, I think Brock Lesnar was a big draw. Big he numbers. was second. Brock Lesnar was second. Did George Saint Pierre mow down? The winner of Ultimate Fighter, Matt Serra, he wasn't dominant for his whole champion. He had some stinkers of matches. There, I mean, he was undeniably, this was a time where the UFC was wrestler dominated and he became the best MMA wrestler, which is a hybrid of, uh, development of wrestling in, in the octagon. I'm just saying that, that people care about this and people care about Nate Diaz more after the fight and 10 times more after the fallout from the fight not happening. And that's where the buildup. You can even hear the crowd reacting, even over the the, the party maybe, atmosphere. Maybe here. it's maybe it's all maybe it was all programmed. Maybe it was all maybe it's maybe it was <laughs> Not all programmed. The, the downloads all, of these and, and the the interest maybe, in this fight is not programmed. You're getting like no, way no, no, too no, 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 conspiracy no, 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 theory. No, 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 no. That's this. not what I'm saying. I'm not saying the downloads are pre-programmed i'm saying maybe it was maybe there was forethought put into the whole drama for this whole thing oh there absolutely was and honestly maybe there I was think maybe there was more than just maybe there was more than just mcgregor deciding fuck it i'm not going there maybe there was meetings with mcgregor and and ufc brass and nate diaz and they all sat down and went fuck you want to turn this from a uh you know one and a half million dollar pay-per-view into a two and a half million dollar pay-per-view, then blah, 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 whatever. Who knows? Here's what. my thoughts on that. I my don't... thoughts are, my thoughts are the, same. the UFC is going to, and I said this when we were watching the fights, the UFC is going to make more money having this fight this way on 202 rather than putting it on 200 because 200 is such a stacked card and such a monumental card that that card is going to sell fucking pay-per-views no matter what. 
and putting that McGregor fight on 202, they're going to just double their fucking money. You were the one who disagreed with me when I said that UFC 200 sells itself before the match was even made official on it. But regardless, I think that it's more communication between McGregor and Diaz to say, we don't need to co-star in the the history of UFC, the, the pat on the back of 200, the celebration of all things UFC. This is the McGregor Diaz show. This is us. The rest Maybe. of the rest of the card could be all cast members from Tough the uh, Joanna versus uh Claudia fighting on the undercard and it would still break pay-per-view records just mm-hmm. with McGregor Diaz in the main event. And it it probably won't be because there's a lot of great stuff going on. Anyway, we're we're going to be in a, in a stalemate about this i'm just saying that you know you should you can realize that there is new interest because of yeah, all the I developments going i do on. get it i get that and i'm not trying to change your mind about the fight and whether it makes sense and whether mcgregor should be defending the featherweight championship or what the featherweight championship means i'm just saying that people want to see this fight more than him defending if he was the welterweight champion they would want to see if he had if McGregor say that he had ended up unifying the lightweight and featherweight titles, and then he fought Diaz afterwards and he lost at welterweight, people would still want to see that rematch more than a two-belt champion going up to fight Robbie Lawler, who I think is a man who is lost on an island now because he hasn't yeah, fought. Fucked. <laughs> he hasn't fought since 195, and now he's headlining in Atlanta in the event between UFC 200 and UFC 202 yeah, on August he's, 20th. He's poor dude. Fuck, man. He must be like... And he's a great fighter. He's had two yeah. fights of the year candidates, 189 yeah. against Roy McDonald and 195 against Carlos Condit, and that was the first fight of the year. That was the New Year's Day card. I know it was like January 4th or 5th, but he's had two fight of the year candidates. He's a humble champion. He's been around forever and he's got an underdog story. He went away. He came back and now he's sandwiched in between what will almost certainly be the two biggest selling pay-per-views in UFC history. Yeah. And he's so just a, a bum man. deal. He's a bum he's deal fighting, for him. I mean, it's, it's a bum deal for him because he's fighting a guy that Dana White promised to fight to because Johnny Hendricks couldn't make weight in what probably would have been the number one contender match or fight excuse me and he's fighting tyron woodley who hasn't fought since january 2014 in atlanta georgia nothing against atlanta i'm sure it'll be a, a fun time and, and there's plenty of fight fans down south and a lot of who will come up from fucking Florida. weird fucking fight man the dude hasn't fight fought in two and a half years yeah that is a weird fucking fight i don't he, get if, that at all i don't get that at all. it doesn't make any sense to me at all i don't get it I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me, but I don't. I would much rather see him fight Damian Maya. Absolutely. And Damian Maya, absolutely, I think has certainly earned the shot. And I, I agree uh, succinctly with yeah. that. I, and that would be, and that's an interesting mismatch too. Can you imagine that? I mean, I know Maya's striking, but you saw what he did against a striker and Matt Brown. If you missed the first five seconds of each of those rounds, you would have thought that uh, that Matt, you know, Matt Brown just. Had a Danny That's right. Well, I, you know, I, I think that, um, as good a fighter as Matt Brown is, I think that, um, um, he bit off more than you, and he'll admit to it because he wanted to take that fight as a challenge to him. And I think he was rewarded because he was given a, 
I forget who he's scheduled to fight next, but he actually might be on the 201 card um, competing in, in that uh, on short notice. So Matt Brown fights a lot, and he makes a lot of money that way. Uh, will he ever fight for a UFC title? Remains to be seen. Um, he's kind of had his ups and downs. He won at UFC 189. Uh, he was... I believe he got a, another victory after that and then lost to Damian Maya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he beat Tim Means, I believe. Dirty Bird. That was when the Dirty Bird tested positive for whatever that wasn't anything well, after all. Uh, Dirty what, Bird it was tested a, uh, when he was about to fight Cerrone, and oh, then he, okay. got, he got pulled out of the uh, main event in Pittsburgh, which became Cowboy versus Cowboy. So well, what I was trying to say, what I was trying to say earlier is that uh, Robbie Lawler is a much better wrestler than Matt Brown is. So, okay, yeah, yeah, so Damian Maya is going to have a lot harder time. And I think getting that, him to the ground. And I, and I think Robbie Lawler is much bigger than Matt Brown is and stronger than Matt Brown is. And I think Damian Maya is going to have a much harder time getting Robbie Lawler to the ground. That doesn't mean he can't just climb up on his back though. True. And be a backpack because he certainly did that against Brown a couple times. And Maya has fight. underrated striking, which he uses to set up the grappling and jujitsu, of course. He does. And he's, He's probably the best jujitsu guy in mixed martial arts. I've said it before. And that card, uh, that card that he fought. I was going to uh, ask better than Fabrice Brown Brown Doom, but. So it's the the three best jujitsu guys, I think, in mixed martial arts. And that's, uh, Jacare Souza, uh, Fabricio Ferdoom, and Damian Maia. And they were all on that one Brazil card. Um, which was wrought with motherfucker black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys. And largely um, won by the same Brazilians, yes. with the grand exception of Fabricio Ferdum, of course. Yeah, that was a crazy one. That was a stunner. That was a crazy really, stunner. I still, was still a haven't really digested that. We weren't able, because of the Labor Day holiday, and I was away in Vermont and have been working, we just still didn't even talk about what was what I thought was a pretty good... Uh, under the radar fight card. I that, thought that um, was a great. Garbrandt a- versus um, Almeida, as well as Caraway versus Sterling. So that was yep. sort of like a feature of the bantamweights, and this was, I mean, granted, it did have the bantamweight title, but it more featured uh, excitement from the middleweights, which is a division that I was almost not stagnant, but th- besides the top four, I'd say. Top four and five, and I guess I'm including Michael Bisp. Of course, I'm including him now. But he was on <laughs> before it w- he was scheduled when it was <clears throat> there was controversy about Romero. Well, Jacare had technically four. come off the loss. He's still number four. He's still ranked number four. Right, Big but he, but I'm saying um, Souza has uh, had been suspended. Oh no, excuse me. Romero had been suspended after the fight with Souza. Uh, so I'm just saying there was less interest and excitement around the middleweight division. Outside the top five, whereas the bantamweights, uh, there's a lot of potential uh, up-and-comers and prospects. Yeah, yeah. And uh, featherweight, stacked. Lightweight, we agree, stacked. Heavyweight, always going to be a crapshoot. Light heavyweight, <coughs> not stacked, but more more interest in intriguing matchups with the return of John Jones. What will happen next with Gustafsson, the interim, uh, the interim championship belt between OSP and John Jones, and, of course, um, what will happen with Rumble and Glover and and at the top Cormier? That's a really that's injury. a really interesting fight to me. <coughs> Rumble and Glover Texera. That's a and that we, is a we we talked about that and I and it it scares me if I'm a Rumble Johnson fan because and if I'm a fan of Glover Texera too because do you want to see him fight John Jones again if if he dispatches Cormier? 
I mean, kind of, but the, for the first fight, it was pretty resounding in John Jones's favor. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's probably the best pure boxer in the light heavyweight division. Um, coming from a, from a boxing standpoint, uh, I think he's, uh, I think he has the most technical hands. Um, that doesn't mean he's the most effective striker or the most powerful striker. Certainly I think, not. I think, Rumble. I think Rumble's the most powerful. Right. I think you and I agree. I think most people would agree that Rumble Johnson is fucking scary as hell. And if he, he can knock out heavyweights all day long. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got power in both hands, can knock you out with either of them, but he's not the most technical striker in the world. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a really good fight. I think it's going to be power versus skill, and we'll see. We'll see what happens if, if. Uh, well, precision, be, precision beats power, and power beats. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. McGregor in. But these, but these, uh, these pay per views have had some themes to them. So or events. So the bantamweights, not the middleweights. As we look ahead to the UFC, that's more of a smorgasbord. But there are quite a few intriguing matches in uh, women's bantamweight. Along with the title fight for Misha Tate, Kat Zingano makes her return. Uh, return, <laughs> return. It's like two a.m. here. I'm up in like four hours. <laughs> and, uh, and then two of one, of course. It, it, it's not about weight classes. It, it, it's about the fight. Excuse me, two of two, two of one. We'll see what happens with uh, Robbie Lawler in the welterweight championship, heavyweight. That's already been scheduled. We're talking about maybe getting out there to Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we'll see. I, I, I went and looked at tickets, man, and they were under 200 bucks. I've driven to Cleveland, you know? too. It's not that bad. Is it 10 hours? Yeah, I mean, we could... Yeah, we, we could we, do, we, like, six podcasts on the way. Sure. We could do one long 10-hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, marathon. <laughs> put it on Periscope. We just... This whole this whole unit's uh, battery-powered, so we can... <laughs> You know, we could actually have our physical microphones. We could set up mic stands to Maybe where they're like, fly. where they're like, uh, hanging over us like Lemmy. Yeah. And, uh, we could just keep singing Rest Ace of peace, Spades. Lemmy. Rest in peace, Muhammad Ali. Oh my mm-hmm. God. That's been, that was a, another thing, which is, uh, I don't really have the, the knowledge or depth of detail to go into, but it's kind of crazy that as, uh, representatives in Oklahoma are making, strides to pass the Muhammad Ali Act or modified version of it into mixed martial arts. Uh, the legendary boxer finally succumbs to Parkinson's disease and um, Muhammad Ali is uh, passed away. Obviously a, a huge thing, I mean, to many people. It's, it's He's the GOAT, the yeah. greatest of all time, best boxer that ever lived. And great talker and he set the blueprint for the guys like Conor Gregor. I mean, I was just showing you the the, the the photo of him with the stacks of cash in the vault and that's based on a famous Muhammad Ali photo. Well there was a they did a they did a montage during this UFC where they showed really well there done. Were se- it was really well done. And there were several comparisons. That was one of them. Uh there were several pictures and there were several movements and there were several quotes. Um, I'm that surprised were, they didn't that show com- the photo were, of. Uh, excuse me, sorry. That were com- comparing UFC fighters to Muhammad Ali and showing how uh, he had influenced uh, 
some of these UFC fighters in their movement, in their speech, in their photo shoot, in the pictures that they chose. And, uh, there were, there was a bunch of them. There was, there were probably six or eight examples mm-hmm. like that. It was a really cool thing. I'm, I'm sure it's, uh, I'm sure it's probably up on UFC.com at this point. You oh, could, yeah. You could find that video somewhere, YouTube or something. You could check it out if you, I don't know what sure you dog. would. Yeah, sure dog. I don't know what you would, uh, what you would do to look it up, but if it's not up today, I'm sure it'll be up sometime uh, yeah. tomorrow. Anyways. Um, so there's, there's a lot of entertaining things to, to look up to. What do you think? Let's just go through the, uh, briefly. What do you see for the future? I mean, there's, there's obviously questions between whether or not Uriah Faber fights again and same with Dan Henderson. What do you think? Yes, Uriah. Yes, Dan Henderson. Um, I don't think either of them are done. I think especially... Uh, I think Henderson's I think gone. I think he has to go out on that note, because that was a I dominant wish he would. note. It was almost I, a throwback to the Bisping knockout, but he mm, used his elbow Yeah, double elbows. He did it in California. He had all his kids there. He said he didn't know if it, if that was going to be it. I think he's going to announce it on a, on a big stage soon, maybe on ESPN, or maybe because I think MMA has made huge strides, especially after this, where the common fans are going to be brought into it because of how exciting this card was and how much excitement there is leading up to 200. I mean, the wrestling... Like, Brock Lesnar, say what you will about the professional wrestling angle or whatever. Uh, he last fought at WrestleMania. This is huge. This is the UFC's WrestleMania. He's going to bring way more fans there. Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz have the record for UFC 196, but it was a different time. There was no social media back then. So UFC 200 is going to smoke UFC 196. It's going to smoke UFC 100. It's going to bring over casual fans. It's going to bring over wrestling fans, possibly old returning fans. And But I think that a card like tonight will do a lot to expand the reach of MMA, UFC specifically. I think that definitely the is going to get people talking. So I think this card is definitely getting people talking. I bet I'd, it's going to be all we over were, Sports Center even, and yeah. that's a rarity, especially with Game 2 of the NBA Finals happening at the same time the Stanley Cup Finals are going on, also in California. But all the eyes were on the forum in Inglewood mm. for the first time UFC was ever there. Uh, tremendous occasion. My prediction is that yes, Uriah Faber does fight again. If TJ Dillashaw loses to Rafael Asensio at UFC 200, I believe they will fight. It'll I think just that's the fight. Match. I think that I think that fight has to happen because there's so much animosity and so much build up around it. They're, 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 the UFC has really invested in that. In that, it's Daniel Sun versus Mr. Miyagi. Right. So he brought him up from high school. It's a so perfect story. It's the perfect story. So I, th- I, I don't think there's any way that he that Faber retires before that Dillashaw fight. I think maybe that his that maybe that's his retirement, win or lose. Yeah. After the Dillashaw fight, like I'm done. He just wants to focus because on he, the, what he has. He has a he's that dude he's has got gym, he's got so much shit happening. That guy's making money hand over fucking fist that has nothing to do with fighting, and so. So he's good. He's yeah. good to go. He's got, you know, he has fighters in his camp. He's the ringleader of Alpha Male. So he's making money off fighters' wins. So, I mean, he's just got a, he's got a million things going on. He's got property that he owns and construction companies and clothing lines and fucking who knows what else. The guy's... The guy's a very business savvy. Okay. So he's got a lot happening. So I, I don't think that... It's not like there's a lot of guys in in the UFC and in mixed martial arts that that's their only fucking thing they have going for them. That's it. 
you know, somebody like Bisbing, he doesn't have anything else happening. He's other, got a other UFC than, tonight. I mean, he's got, so he had, all right, let's take it back. <laughs> and his he's, spoken word comedy career. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he has some, he has some, uh, commentating going on, but other than that, there's not, there's not anything. I mean, he that. is going to be starting so. in the Triple X movie, which will be. All right. I'm fucking, my whole point is. <laughs> okay. But my whole you point say is two bullshit. yeses. You say whole Dan. Point is you say, I, I think they both are going to fight again. Okay. I think they both are going to fight again. I see. Uh, okay. Here's. You got so you got an update on the fight on the I night? I do. Uh, uh, the, uh, performance, the two performance of the night bonuses, uh, Michael Bisbing and Dan Henderson. Okay. Both got performance of the night bonuses. The fight of the night was one we didn't see. It was on the early, oh, no. early prelims. Okay, yeah. tell me what it is then. Uh, okay. Yeah, because I don't need to know. I didn't. I didn't watch all the the. I didn't see any of the prelims. Well, I can tell you who the what the fight is without telling you the winner, right? Like I can't. Uh, well, I but see, I haven't I seen any of the fights though, so I'd like to mm-hmm. be mildly surprised. Whatever people will know if they'd see. Let's okay. So it wasn't either of the two. Okay, so that's it wasn't a either of the, the box. two. Right, it wasn't either of the two fights that we considered might be. I worked late and I made Nick hang out in my driveway minutes. for uh, forty-five minutes. I did. I, I, I walked. I went and got pizza. I came back. <laughs> I hung nice out. Day. I read a book. It was a nice day. Talked though. to the neighbors. <laughs> and went for a jog. You talk to the neighbors. Okay. No, I don't know. Okay, I, good. I, 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 I didn't jog or talk to the neighbors. I had a fucking slice of pizza. What do you want? Okay, all right. Um, That's all I wanted. You actually gave me a slice of pizza, so I did get what I wanted. All right. Okay. I got two, and I, it's funny. It was really a heavy, it was, it was a lot of cheese on it, and so it was much heavier than I remembered it being the last time I got a slice. So I, yeah. I got two, and then I, well, I got through one, and I was like, oh, this is a little bit more than I'm <laughs> nice. into, so. Okay, I'm going to ask you three more questions, and then we're going to wrap it up. All right. Ready, set, go. Okay. Well, what's next for the two fighters in what we thought, or what you specifically thought was going to be the fight of the night? Who do you pair up Max Holloway with in the featherweight division? And do you put him with the winner of Aldo? And uh, do you put him up for the interim championship? Will the interim championship fight now that McGregor is already booked with Diaz? So will the interim championship be defended before the two belts are unified? And is it Max Holloway? Or do you put Max Holloway with someone else? I mean, he's already fought Jeremy Stevens. He's already fought Conor McGregor. Not that that is that much of a factor. Do you put him up against Chad Mendes? He's kind of lost to the world. He he got knocked out by Edgar. Hasn't been seen since then. Boy, that's tough, man. I, I don't... I, I'm a, here's what I think. What do you I go, think, BJ Penn, Hawaiian versus Hawaiian? <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. No, neither do I. That uh, would not be pretty if it did. No, I don't think that's gonna happen. So, he, I think, here's what I think makes the most sense. And, and you, say, because you just answer Max Hallway. It's be- Lamas, you don't have to answer because who knows? It's because, uh, it's because it's this weird fucking fight. This is, it's an unprecedented thing. It's never happened before in the UFC. Never. Never has a champion fought two fights in a row that weren't for the belt before he defended his title again. It's not happened ever. And it's only happened a couple of times with, uh, with, uh, Anderson Silva. He went up to light heavyweight twice mm-hmm. and fought non- Griffin, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so it's just a, it's an oddball thing. It's a very oddball thing. I think what will happen because of that is that, uh, I think Max Holloway deserves it. He's on a what? Six or seven fight seven win, fights, seven uh, fight yeah. win streak. Yeah. And what's left for him? What's left for him? Give him the winner of, uh, uh, of Aldo, um, in, uh, uh, Edgar. Uh, Edgar. 
God, I fucking lost I know. his, dude, I, know. I lost He's... his name 10 times tonight. <laughs> I, I tried to say his name 10 times tonight and I kept wanting to call him fucking Faber or somebody else. Yeah. So, uh, I, I think, call him Mendez. Okay. or Mendez, right. Uh, so I think, I think I wanted him to fight Aldo before they made the Mendez match for the interim championship. Here's what I think. But Here's Aldo what I refused think. to take any title, f- any fight that wasn't a title fight. Here's what I fight think. McGregor, Max Holloway is going to fight the loser of that fight. Hmm. I don't think he's gonna, I don't think he's gonna okay, get I can that. See that. I, I like think he's that. gonna get, I think he gets the loser of that fight, cause the winner of that fight needs to fight for the title. Okay, that's the, okay. I agree with that. the objective of that. They don't, wanna, they don't wanna, they don't wanna, right, they don't it. wanna, okay. Edgar wins the interim title, he doesn't wanna fuck around and wait and then possibly <laughs> give his interim title to somebody else before he gets the fight for the actual title and be the main event of a card. Okay, that's a good pick. It's a big payday and it's, so I, so I think, yeah, I think Holloway gets the loser of that fight. That's still a fucking huge fight for Holloway. Either of those guys, all right. Either of those That's guys could pick. be champion. I like All right, it. So there we go. Question number two. Uh, she made her debut as a straw weight tonight, Jessica Andrade, and completely dominated Fuck. Jessica Penna. It was a beatdown. It was scary. It, it looks like she picked up exactly where Yunjinchik left off when she was battering Penne's nose yeah. back in Germany. I'm pretty sure I see where you're going with this line of questioning. Okay, well, it was, I don't it was, think I, 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 it was I, her I, debut in the featherweight right. division, uh, excuse me, in the uh, strawweight division as a 115er. Do you think here's that the, here's she the, should go for the title here's for the, the winner? Well, here's the two things about that weight class. One, it's the thinnest weight class in the UFC. Okay, give you that. It's not just one. not just in physical stature, uh-huh, like but, we did there. Got it. But in talent, and, flyweight is pretty and, thin, and the amount of people that they have. I'd be really curious to see the amount of people they actually have on the roster. I probably can't I would, name ten straw weights. I probably can't name three. Okay, so. I, and I can, I can, I can name, I can name, I can name Penne, Andrade, and Yunjacek. I get Dahlia, she's funny. <laughs> yes, okay, okay, fine. So maybe I can, maybe I can name like six or seven or eight. Okay. Anyways, All whatever. Right. You got it. Okay. So it's a, I think it's, it's, it's for sure the thinnest division. So, I don't, I, I don't, ha- I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. I had here's, Fighting the winner here's, of Yunjin here's, Jik, this is going to sound completely bizarro saying this now, knowing what we know. Wait, you just changed your mind about Gregor Diaz? No, no, no. Oh, way back. This is this is way further back. Gotcha. Knowing what we know now, the okay. history that we know of the UFC and mixed martial arts mm. and the greatest of all time, when Anderson Silva came in <clears throat> and he fought Chris Lieben and he dispatched of him very handily. His UFC debut. His UFC debut. First time in the UFC. His very next fight uh, was for the title. And it fucking pissed me off. I was pissed off. <laughs> I'm like, this motherfucker needs to fucking get in line. Slow your like, roll. Slow your roll, motherfucker. Come <laughs> on, UFC. What the fuck? Obviously, they knew much better than I did. Yeah. I'd seen him fight in Pride. I was a. W- I knew who Anderson Silver was. I knew he was a great stand-up fighter. I, I knew he was a, a great jiu-jitsu guy. But I, I had no idea... I had no idea that he was ever, we'd ever be the greatest of all time. So it pissed me off that he stepped right up to the front of the line. Just like it pissed me off when, uh, when the UFC absolved Strike Force and they just gave, uh, they just gave the titles over to, uh, 
to Aldo and uh, Rousey. And Rousey. They just gave them titles. It's like, no, motherfucker, fight somebody for yeah, the fucking title. How the something. fuck are you? How the fuck? They're walking around with. They're walking around. Yeah. Right. They're walking around with belts on their shoulders, walking around like they fucking done something. You didn't do shit. They, that was handed to you. That was given to you, and it pissed me off. But having said both those things, I don't have a problem because that division is so thin. I really think, I really think that she can beat uh, Ian Jacek. I actually think she looks real. Solid. I really think, actually, just just based on what have we've seen from uh, just the trash talk and uh, and the fact that uh, uh, Gedalia's team keeps winning. In the Ultimate Fighter, I think she's, I think she could beat her. Because the first fight was pretty fucking close. It was very close. It was pretty goddamn close. It was pretty close. Gadelia thought she won. I'd have to go back and watch it again, but I remember it being very close. I know uh, uh, everyone feels it was very close. People on her side think she won it. People on her side think that she won it. Blah, 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 blah. So, so whatever. So, uh, maybe the fight, next fight might be, uh, Andrade versus Gedalia could be. But I think that fucking Christ. Oh, what a beat down. God damn. God damn. That looked fucking awful. It I felt, looked like bullying. It was one of the first times like I've, well, I can't say that. I've probably felt this a lot while watching fighting where I felt bad for someone like, fuck. Yeah. Like, fuck, you're just so outclassed. You don't know. Trying to think of the last time this I, is I really like a felt fucking like the tortoise and the hare. This is not this is not a competition. Honestly, here. I felt that way about Lombard and the Magni fight in that round too, when uh-huh. he he got hit over a hundred times with strikes to the head and it was not stopped. Yeah, that bad. was fucked up. I felt bad. I thought a guy's that life was, was being up. changed. And was, who knows? It could have been. It's it's tough. I've never heard Hector Lombard speak a word. I'm not even sure if he speaks English. And if he did speak English, I'm not sure if he speaks it anymore after that beating and after the beating tonight. I don't know if we see him again. That wasn't going to be my third question. Uh, my third question was basically, um, I know we kind of assumed that if Dillashaw loses to Ascenso, uh he'll fight Faber. But what's next for Dominic Cruz? Who do you think should challenge him for the Bantamweight Championship? You think it should be Brian Caraway after mm-hmm. his win over Aljamain Sterling? I don't think it should be Rafael Sentiao. Maybe unless he dispatches Dillashaw. I just feel like he hasn't fought enough recently to to necessarily earn that spot. Um, mm. Here's here's the here's one, and uh, uh, I hope I I'm gonna guess it. Okay, is it a super fight? Yeah, is Mighty it, Mouse. Is it a rematch? Yeah, yeah. Fuck Mighty yeah. Mouse. That's, that's the one I think. Yeah. That's, and I think that's one the fans want to see. Uh, and that's how you make a superstar out of Mighty Mouse. The, the, listen, so those big. are the, those are two of the top three pound for pound fighters. I think the three pound for pound fighters go Bones, Mighty Mouse, Cruz. I think those are the top three pound for pound fighters on the planet. Having the two of the top three to be able to see. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Fuck. I'd like to fucking I'd find that out. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. And I guess bonus question, and you can give me two answers for this. Who do you think it would be, and who do you want it to be? Mm. The TBD mm. for Brock, Brock Lesnar. Oh, I thought you were going to say. Uh, I thought you were going to say on that on that fight on nah. the super fight. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, who do I think it would be, and who do I want it to be? How about? I, here's what I would, I want it you to be. Here's what I, here's how, here's what I want it to be because I feel like this guy's on his way out 
and I feel like I feel like he's just a, he's pretty close to wrapping things up, and I'd like to see him get a nice big fat payday before he fucking heads out the door. And it's a rubber match, Frank Mir. Okay. So that's who I'd like to see him fight. And that's because it, 100, it, UFC 100, UFC 200. Exactly. How much fucking history is that? That's super history. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a really good fight. And they're both around the same age too, so. Uh, so, and I, another guy that I think would be great, and I mentioned it before, would be Struve. I'd love to see. Coming such, off an impressive victory in his home country, dispatching, uh, Bigfoot. Yeah, and it's such and it's a, so different. It's such a, it's so different. Yeah. That's what it is, is that it's so different. They're such different body types. You know, just completely different people in the same fucking weight class. Just completely different shaped human beings. Like, how are these two guys in the same weight class? One guy is as fucking tall as a skyscraper, and another guy is as wide as a fucking bull. Yeah. Like yeah. such a such a like it's such now. a juxtaposition. When you first you know? said it, I was like, ah, I don't know, but yeah, I like it's that. such a crazy juxtaposition. But and he'll be ready. I mean, exactly. His fight was his fight was seconds. sixteen seconds. He fucking didn't. He's ready to go. Yeah. So that could be it. But you had mentioned, and there's there seems to be some. Well, there's some obviously hubbub. as soon as the TBD was up, people are throwing words around. And right. Dana White apparently had said uh, a week or so ago to tell Mark Hunt to stay ready. For for UFC 200. I mean, he's also coming off of a quick finish against Frank Mir hmm. back in Australia, headlining the F- FS1 card. Uh, that could be good, but, I mean, Brock Lesnar <laughs> doesn't like getting punched in the face, and that's pretty much what Mark Hunt does. Right. Punch well, in the face. So that's another, is another reason why and Frank Mir, there's another reason why Frank Mir makes more sense. Yeah. It makes more sense because Brock Lesnar's, I mean, who knows what he's been doing for training. I don't know. I think he still trains hard because I'm sure he, even though the wrestling is different and he's not on the weekly wrestling schedule, he's more of like a special event type of guy. He's a guy that enjoys the act of training. If you ever see any of the old YouTube videos of his facility in uh, South Dakota or in Canada now, right? Where I've, he's located. I've seen it before. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a, he's a guy that enjoys training. He enjoys hunting. He enjoys solitude and the lifestyle of that, but he also I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure that there has been. He, he said that diverticulitis robbed him of, uh, the end of his UFC career. And he mm. was diminished. He was a broken physical person when, when he fought against Alistair Overeem. Yeah, I mean, that body kick, fuck. That body kick, kick that Overeem hit him with, goddamn. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, probably Hunt. We're gonna find it, out it, Monday it, on it, Sports it, Center, though. It, it'll probably be Hunt. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. I like Struve though. I like I, I, I kind of like that a little bit better. But wait, we'll find out on Sports Center. Maybe we'll do a reaction show to that. We'll, we'll Skype in together uh, or something. But hey, man, I'm I'm still pumped up. I wish I didn't have to go to work tomorrow because I want to sit back and and watch all of the uh, post fight reactions from the internet. I want to watch the press conference. Mm-hmm. I want to watch the prelims so I find out what the fight of the night was. I know. That's what I'm going to do right now. I'm going to drive home. I'm going to drive home and I'm going to I'm going to put this podcast on my computer and then I'm going to fucking throw the prelims on. Awesome. And I'll, I'll probably edit this. T- I'd like to edit it tomorrow. Yeah, like to, let's get it I'd up. I'd like to edit it tonight and hey, get it up tonight. I'm, but I'm, Honestly, I'm still pumped up. Maybe I'll edit it tonight I'm, before I go to bed. I've got four hours sleep the last two days. Not combined, but last two days I've got four hours sleep. i got to work 11 a.m. tomorrow. It's probably sometime after 
It's 2.41 right now. Maybe I'll do a smash edit job. I'll do a smash edit job is, when I get home. You don't have to take out that much, as long as it's no, not good. To, I don't really have to edit anything. Uh, I mean, I just have this to put. I just have to put the opener and the closer on, and put Scott. Put a bunch of people fumbling over the MMA maniacs. <laughs> did you listen to the last one? Yes, did I you did. Listen? Yes, I did. It <laughs> that was fun. Quite entertaining. Yeah. I, it, listen, most of most of the intros that yeah. I put on, I have to edit down, or, or I have edited down. Yeah. I don't have to do anything, no. but I have edited down the intros that people have done because most people don't get it right. Yeah, of course. And That's so part of the charm. Sometimes I even have to take different parts of the when they've said it because one th- they'll say they one part up. of it right yeah. or they won't say podcast at the end so I'll edit it I'll put the Emma Maniacs and then I'll take the podcast from the first time they say it throw it on the end whatever but I really liked Scott Coker's entire one yeah, so it was, great. It was uh, so entertaining that I wanted to leave the whole thing up yeah. and uh, here's what I'll do for this one you don't want to cut this too is, much weight no 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 this is what I'm going to do for this one I'm going to put up uh You'll have heard it already, so it's not even going to be a surprise because yeah. everyone's heard it. But here's, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to put up the f- very first um, call out that we got. Oh, cool! And that was Pat Militech. Oh and, yeah, and he and he fucked it up several times. It <laughs> yeah. was very entertaining. So you'll have already heard the entire. I've, I edited it down, and yeah. the ones that people oh, have you heard the full one. Did the yeah, yeah. Cut. So the, so oh, the one, yeah, so the one that people have heard in the past has been the edited version of Pat Militich. You'll have heard the full unedited version of it at the beginning of the podcast. So there we go. We've come uh, full uh, circle, Nick. Here we are. Ninety nine wrapped up. That's it. Nice job, my Thanks friend. For listening. Thanks everybody. for listening. Leave a review, follow us, Pod on Twitter, Instagram, uh, send an email, Nick said his original email earlier, or... We can send it to mmaniacspodcast at gmail.com. If you're, in a, if you're a fighter and you've got something going on that you want us to shout you out about on Twitter or on the podcast, let us know. There's a World Series of Fighting event coming up on yeah, July Or if 17th. you'd like to be on the podcast, if you have something you want to talk about, yeah, any news that you would like to share... Uh, any fighters or camps or anyone or working with fighters like yeah if you if your name is paul landwehr and you like snacks uh please tell us about it <laughs> uh all right thanks shout out to uh shout out to the folks that came over and, and watched the fights with us uh john paul rivera was here um and i don't know everybody else's name ryan uh, Ryan Shea, Hasmin Garza, Hasmin Garza. Um, anybody, Kevin O'Neill. All right, thanks for thanks for watching the fights with us. That was fun tonight. And, and uh, it congrats once again to, to the new undisputed middleweight champion of the world, the Count Michael, Michael Bisping. Bisping. All right, that's it for Maniacs. Emma Maniacs over and out. That's the end. No, we got. The MMAniacs podcast brought to you by Team Link of Hookset, New Hampshire. They're located at 1338 Hookset Road in Hookset, and their phone number is 603-641-3444. Their website is www.teamlinkhooksetnh.com. Uh, I've been training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about 20 years, and for the last four years I've been training at Team Link, and it's one of the best schools I've ever trained at. Um, there's a lot of great instructors over there. There's no knuckleheads whatsoever. A lot of people there that are trying to help you get better at whatever it is that you want to study. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, boxing, kickboxing, mixed martial arts, karate, whatever it is that you want to study for martial arts, they've got somebody there to teach you the right way to do it. Uh, 
So if you go there, you tell them that the MMAniacs podcast sent you. They'll give you a free T-shirt and 30 free days to try out the school. Uh, again, their phone number is 603-641-3444, and their website is teamlinkhooksetnh.com.